0: Sasswood is a show about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, the hopers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit our Facebook page.
1: This is Sasswood, a show about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Matske. Today I'm joined by my son, Andy. Greetings. How are you doing today? Great. Are you? Yes. That's awesome. We are coming to you live from Saswat Tower, <laughs> the recording studios, the palatial estate. Snow gently drifting to the ground. It's just been that type of winter. We went uh, shoe shopping yes, today. Yes, that's what
0: I was going to say. Is it's? I'm very happy because shoe shopping finally paid off. I- two-day hunt for shoes, which maybe proves we can't find anything. But um, we did find shoes after a long hunt through Gabriel Brothers, Target, finally paid off for basketball shoes. And believe it or not, it was Walmart that won where are Andy's basketball shoes prize.
1: Now, the tie-in to this show with that is while we were at Walmart, we saw... Were those slippers or were those actual shoes? Slippers. They were slippers? If they were shoes, I would want them. They looked like Bigfoot feet, but you said there was something
0: else on (laughs) On the the tag? On the tag where the barcode is, that has the price, it said gorilla. (laughs) So I didn't think Bigfoot or Sasquatch was copyrighted, but apparently it's gorilla, even though I don't think gorillas have brown five-toed feet. With the... Big toe, yeah. A human, yes. Well, right, yeah. There was no pinky off to the side. It is phone. Walmart, after it's all. Walmart. I mean,
1: you see all kinds of things at oh, Walmart. Yeah. That no comment. Probably no podcast worthy, but not this podcast.
0: Walmartian podcast.
1: Yeah. Um, special hello to our radio listeners on uh, Wadsworth Community Radio, ninety-seven point one FM. What's going Nothing. on? Is there
0: <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. The shadow figure's gone away. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right as you look, it disappeared. But it's fine.
1: So and the thing is with uh the Wadsworth community radio, if you would ever like to just have the sensation of listening to the program <laughs> live and you don't live in the Wadsworth area, they are on the Tune In Radio app. And so you could listen live at eight on Saturday or Sunday night if you ever wanted to get that sense of live radio, which is always kind of a cool thing. A couple things I wanted to mention about upcoming shows. Uh, We had some exciting news this week. Uh, Dr. David Floyd has agreed to record with us for a future episode. Um, You got to meet and talk to Dr. Floyd at a previous Bigfoot conference. Any reflections on your experience with Dr. Floyd? The thing
0: that I remember most is how thorough his talk was. It was really amazing. I think anyone who was there would realize it's that connection that's almost missing from around the world. You always hear the Native American connection, but this is like in Europe, the old stories that really no one, not no one, but no one pays attention to because we're all over here in United States, and so... It's really amazing to hear these stories that all line up with the common characteristics of Sasquatch that are from hundreds and hundreds of years ago from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away. Hundreds and hundreds of... no, Lots of hundreds. Yeah, there's lots of hundreds in this talk. (laughs) Pictures of $100 bills... (laughs) 100 Bigfoots on... But Virginia he did,
1: he guests. shared his presentation with you, didn't yes. he? So you have the mm-hmm. actual have the PowerPoint file. slides yeah. and stuff? That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Homeschool school perks is one day we'll revisit that. <laughs>
1: right, right. So uh, Dr. Floyd's going to be on uh, an upcoming program, as well as Brian Borgman. And that's going to be a lot of fun because Brian is a toy inventor, a game inventor, also a composer, and has a number of albums to his name, a really great guy, and he has uh, joined with us on a number of festivals and conventions. We have ended up moving in the same circles. I interviewed him once for Fan Magazine and other cool stuff, and he's agreed to come on the show as well to talk about something that he's producing right now called Crypto Orbs, and I will let him describe what those are, but uh, also we want to get his take on all things Bigfoot because I think he has some pretty interesting perspectives on things. So look for Brian coming up also, uh, probably this month, Uh, if not this month, then definitely into early February. We talked about early on, uh, well, last episode, we talked about having certain segments that we go through on the show, and certainly one of those that we want to uh, continue to hold up is a SASWAT News Desk or a Bigfoot in the News type segment. And that's going to actually form the backbone of a large portion of today's show because we're going to go back through 2016 and talk about some of the big stories having to do with Bigfoot. Now, we owe a a big debt of gratitude to uh, the Coast to Coast AM website, and in particular, Coast Zone, which is a newsletter that is sent out. And so they have all of the video clips that we're going to be talking about tonight arranged in one place. So if that's something you'd be interested in seeing, because we're going to be describing these clips to you, but if you want to see what we're talking about, I I imagine a number of you already have seen all of these relevant clips, but if you haven't, just go to the Coast to Coast AM website and look up uh, their Bigfoot Stories of the Year for 2016. So uh, without any further ado, we are going to kind of march back through 2016 and analyze and opinionize on some of the stories that made news uh, about Bigfoot uh, across the globe. So, where should we begin?
0: I think we should start with the Eagle Cam video. Okay. I don't know why that's hard to say. Eagle <laughs> Cam video. Um, this is the video that's of the Eagle Cam the baby eaglets, as we've discussed on MO Radio before, if they're called eaglets or not. and They are, right? They are. They are. We was Google- I on the wrong side of that? No, you were on the <laughs> right side. I was like, I don't know. oh, And so I think it was, strangely enough, on an episode on The Flash, maybe, we got on this t- eaglet. Wow. Uh, yeah. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Um, And I think you might have live googled it or googled it later and just said eaglets i was right and i was like huh and i was like oh yeah so um eaglets that's the video and in the background there is something moving i think it moves from left to right uniform color kind of seems like it stops and does something and then moves and it's very interesting No, when you say does something,
1: that's not a euphemism for anything, is it? Mm Okay, good. Okay. Just clearing something, that up. No.
0: It's just it appears to move in a different way than walking. Hmm. I like just ties its shoe or Really something. It like, doesn't it have you noticed in the video, well, it kinda yeah. stops mid path. Right. And kind it's, of moves.
1: Yeah, yeah. Would I imagine that being? I don't know that this is true. It, it's like... It's waving. Well, you know, you yeah. know, like when... Uh, and I guess bears do this, too, when they scratch their back against a tree. Mm-hmm. That's what I imagine it is, although the resolution is mm-hmm. very poor, so you could just be stopping for a moment. But I know what you're talking about. Did
0: you get what website this was from?
1: Yes, hub dot outdoorhub.com. Okay,
0: so this was posted on Outdoor Hub, and it's of the video... And I believe they noticed it and then said it was, it was Bigfoot
1: yeah, it's a Platte River State fish Hatchery in Michigan. Did you say that already i
0: I got Platte River State yeah okay i think i don't
1: know i have I forgot to look if that's Upper Peninsula or northern lower, but mm-hmm. anyway it's it's in northern Michigan
0: now something I do have to point out is if this is this is from a video set uh Place where they, you know, they have the maybe a live stream or something, and then they post it. If someone would have watched videos in the past and kind of spotted where everything is, it is in the clearest point of where something could be walking, and you see it. It's this bare patch of trees. On a more skeptical side, and more of someone hoaxing it side, it's in the about the clearest part of where something could be, and someone go. Oh, it's it's Bigfoot, but to be honest, it is something bipedal. There is no size because it's from above, and it's not that wide. But what do we really know about their size, except they're tall? And it's really, it could also be someone hunting, or not hunting, because I don't think they could hunt there. But someone walking through the woods. And just the illusion and the resolution just being coming up as a blob squash.
1: Yeah. The phrase that came to mind when I watched this video again and again was out for a stroll. Because like Mm -hmm. you said, it just, whatever's in the video is not moving with any sense of purpose. I mean, it just seems Mm -hmm. like it's meandering around, hopping off of a log at one point. And I don't know. I mean, certainly I don't know that. I can't say Sasquatch do not go out for strolls, but everything that I've ever read about them or heard about them, there's usually a mention of how fluid their movement is this and how it matter. almost looks like they're gliding, especially when they're moving quickly. And this is like the opposite of that. He's just sort of out for a fun time. So I think it's inconclusive to say the least. I really like your theory of someone who is, has watched that very camera mm-hmm. and thought to themselves, "You know, if I walk in this certain area, it's possible that I could get on the camera, not even necessarily in order to hoax a Bigfoot video, but just to you know get on the camera, and maybe it turned into something else, so I think, as far as is this proof of Bigfoot or not, I think we were are both leaning in the direction of
0: yes, I mean I know,
1: <laughs> definitely yes, <yeah. laughs> no, call a <of>, Smithsonian." Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's move on. Next one was the Russian dash cam video. And in this one, you are in the car with the Russians traveling <laughs> yeah. down a uh, snow swept lane.
0: VR experience, no. <laughs> you can look around. Right.
1: And there's uh I think it's radio or, or some sort of Russian voice is is you, you hear that as you're traveling forward. And then ultimately, within the, the range of the headlights, a figure moves down a slight decline from right to left, kind of stepping through a snow drift right in the middle of the path and continuing down. You only see that figure for maybe a second or two. And I, um, the information that I have is that this is from a region called Bashkortostan, which I had never heard before, and I'm not doubting that it's wrong. It's probably <laughs> true, but it's just a, a, quite a name, quite a mouthful. Andy, uh, your impressions of the dash cam video. Now,
0: this is it, it's very unique in a sense of how you see it. For my, in my mind, if they were you know hoaxing this, they'd have it right in front and slow. This is fast. This is not super fast glide movement, but it's moving from right to left over, I'd say, 10, 15-foot road in probably just a couple of seconds. So to see it move that fast, you can't really gather much info, except it appears to be short. And something I noted is that it kicks up its feet when it runs through the snow, which, like, just noticing how people run through deep snow, it's kind of what I would do. Like, you're trying to get out of the snow, you kick up your legs behind you. And it just, the way it runs is human-like to me if in those in those circumstances. But it's it's hard to tell, really. It's one of those videos that's kind of like the Eagle cam video. It's hard to tell. But this, we get a good look at it, but it's so quick, and it's kind of far away. But something I do have to note is that they run over the trackway not once, but twice. And they stop. If it was me in the car, and I just saw something in the snow all white, run from right to left, regardless of if it looked exactly like a Bigfoot or a guy in a suit, I would not want to stop. <laughs> and go, oh! and then Like, go, wait, should we go forward? And then they go forward over the tracks. And then they go back over right, they the back,
1: tracks. They back over the track. And then the they go forward. Line. Exactly. <laughs>
0: and it's, you know, you can't really tell, but one of my favorite f- films, like modern Bigfoot footage is from Russia. It's that jumping Russian Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. That's some of my favorite creepiest whatever it is mm-hmm. footage. So, who can we tell that there aren't bigfoots in Bashkiristan? Bash.
1: Yeah, I think we noticed yeah. the same things that it seemed to be a fairly short figure. It really mu- moved in a human-like fashion. Now, the thing that's interesting to me is that evidently there are folklorish tales about the Shurail in that area, which has white fur and a horn on its head, which I thought was rather odd. The figure in the video does seem to have a lighter coat, whatever it is. So if this is a play on local legend, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. that be
0: kind of cool. A hoax on local legend yeah. would be... Kind of cool if it was Mm -hmm. a hoax. But something I do... Well, you continue, then I'll... Well, it just doesn't,
1: to me, it doesn't... It's inconclusive, like most video evidence is. It's of such a resolution quality that you can't get a good read on, and it happens so quickly you can't get Mm -hmm. a read on what's there. It doesn't look to me like any animal that I'm familiar with. It's certainly not a for legged creature bounding Mm -hmm. through the the snow. So there's some mystery with this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hard to say.
0: Okay. The note that I have here on my handy dandy word processor is (laughs) long fingers. I don't know why I have that note. Do you have anything about long fingers? That may
1: have been included in the
0: written description of the it? it? Okay. That's what I thought. I just, Mm -hmm. I had long fingers down and apparently the notes made me more confused as opposed to making easy that's all i have except yeah it's also on a straightaway sort of i think that's the right term where the road goes straight but who knows maybe the shirelle was chilling there and he saw his uh, headlights come he's like oh no so he, i better he get did, out of here he did his <laughs> weird leg kick across the road and it's the last everyone will see of him maybe not
1: all right next up <laughs> A video uh, that's not... It's barely a video. It's a collection of shots from a game cam that allegedly a Bigfoot is burying. Give us some background on this one.
0: Um, This was given to a certain... This was leaked, I believe this is a story, to a certain Sasquatch podcast. And there is a lot of secrecy and allegedness about it it's definitely something in the footage but about it is that it was allegedly the game cam was originally placed by law enforcement that wanted to get photos of marijuana growers just Trying to sneak up on them using that secret game cam stuff, <laughs> and you know Bigfoot came by and he's like, "Uh oh, I don't like these things." Oh well, <laughs> guess I'll bury it. And so Bigfoot buried it, and
1: maybe he's friends with the marijuana growers. G- you they know? pay
0: him off, or it's like he's a security. He's their minion. <laughs> Go do our
1: dirty work, Go dig Bigfoot. It. Yeah. So in the video itself, what? <laughs> You see is sort of from, I guess it would be the ground level. And there's longish, and- sort of reddish-brown hair that you see. The one <laughs> the one shot that does raise questions, it looks like it's either a leg or a an arm, and there's hair that's hanging mm-hmm. down from it. I really wish that there'd be like a face shot or something, <laughs> or like an eye, but I don't think you get any of that necessarily. But you see... Some some hair, fur, and then some leaves. And that's pretty much and it.
0: And it's it's clearly, in my mind, what I saw was anthropomorphic. But whether or not that was a little bit of pareidolia involved, where I was told, oh, this is a Bigfoot. Look for the signs of it being a Bigfoot. And I saw a hand. Did you see the hand with the leaves? There's kind of a bare hand.
1: Maybe. I, I, don't, I can't say conclusively. I don't know
0: if Bigfoot... I haven't studied him long and hard enough to notice that he has bare hands and all the time. It seemed like it wasn't just the palm. It was, like, all his hand or its hand. And it maybe the marijuana grower saw the camera and was like, We can't hide it without showing ourselves. So let's put on this ape costume I have lying around. And then people think it's Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And then, it gets leaked out, or it's—it's it's that's fake kind of interesting
1: because that that puts the law enforcement officer in the clear. It's not as mm-hmm. if the law enforcement officer was faking; it was mm-hmm. the the growers themselves yeah. doing the hoaxery, which is a great story in and of itself. If that's what the story is, that's a great story. But saying conclusively once again, I there's just not enough, not enough material there. I think to make a decision.
0: Yeah, and. On the flip side of my own point, on contradicting my own point, would the marijuana growers want to attract Bigfoot people to where their marijuana growing crop is? So I can contradict myself with points all day.
1: Yeah. Well, I think now we know that it was placed 27 miles back in Sequoia National Forest. So depending on where you start, you go 27 miles back. But that could be anywhere but if you're really exactly. determined to find that you could find the, this camp. Okay, I think that's probably enough time.
0: It's, it's 27 miles from Sequoia National Park. Wait.
1: From, the, from the entrance. Yeah. From the little sign that says yes, you are now it's in the, Sequoia. It's the
0: park by the gift shop. <laughs> it's a sign. Start there. <laughs> we know. Um, British Bigfoot?
1: Yes, please.
0: Now, this is the British... Bigfoot footage, it's allegedly, and I believe this part is true, if it does show a Sasquatch, it is the first footage from the UK. And what we see in the footage is it's a guy who's taking a video of himself um, investigating tree structures, which doesn't Seem weird. You know, you'd want to get video, get scale, move back and forth. But what you see in the background, and this is what kind of gives it a little bit of credibility in my mind, is the fact it's not like, oh, look over there, it's a Bigfoot. But it's just in the background, you see a tree move from like really move. It's not like little movement, it's like swinging way right. And if you look closely enough, you can see something push it and then pull it and then another allegedly turn its head and look at the camera to me this video is very weird but i don't mean that to knock it cuz i don't not saying it's fake it just seems very inconclusive um to me just seeing that tree whatever's causing it to sway that much is awesome in my mind. It's like just seeing this massive structure move. And the thing is, not a lot of other trees are moving. It's not like it's this big wind gust. He's like, oh, look at the wind. But there is, what is that?
1: (laughs) A motorcycle or Um, dirt bike, I think.
0: There is other movement in the trees. Like the tree that's moving is like, a little off center to the left, to the far left, there is some leaves moving, but I don't think that if a wind gust came and caused this big tree to move, that everything else would just be little movements.
1: Yeah. I, I'll be candid. When we started watching this video, cause it's like a 12 minute video because it shows you the footage and then takes you back because the first couple times through, I didn't see anything.
0: It took me a second. I was. It took me remember, the second. Yeah, I was like, like, "Where's the tree? I'm I don't like, see
1: anything happening in this." It, you know, and it had been pumped up and the introductory material is this really striking footage, and I didn't see what they were even talking about. Checked me, and then you said, "Whoa, look at the tree!" So then I started to focus on the tree movement, and it really does seem to be quite unusual and not caused by wind. And then there does seem to be a large dark figure at the base of this tree. And you can even interpret some of the movements of that figure as causing the swaying. And the other thing that, well, I mean, all that is to say, the more I watch it and the more I think about it, um, the more questions it raises. And I'm open to this as being possibly catching something truly unexplained on the camera. The other thing that I think really um, recommends itself is the fact that this is attached to a real person. Jason Parsons is named. He, I think, identifies mm-hmm. himself in the video. So this, isn't, this is unlike all the other videos we'll be talking about in the sense that there is someone that you could conceivably talk to mm-hmm. and say, hey, what about that experience mm-hmm. that you had? So he's at least standing up and saying, I'm the guy who obtained the footage, and this is what I think about it, and that makes this different than any of the other ones mm-hmm. that we'll be talking about today. And I like the fact that he is willing to um, talk about this experience. And, and the fact that he... I, now, if, I'm, if I got the story right, he didn't even see that figure there that day. Mm-hmm. He didn't it see it. It was only mm-hmm. later on that um, he caught that in the footage.
0: Now, this, is, this video clip is very similar to the Salt Fort footage from, I don't know when, but finding Bigfoot investigated, that's how I know, but um, of where you see this big bulky thing shaking this tree, and the first thing I thought when I saw it was this is pretty much the same thing, way down to how it looks, this big barrel thing moving this tree, but there is some things that the guy thinks he sees, which may be a little bit of just kind of seeing it too much, but it's very creepy and something truly weird that's going on with this tree. He didn't Photoshop CGI this tree moving because it's clearly this big tree moving and whether it was being pushed by a giant wood ape of the UK, who knows, Mm. but...
1: If there is a distinction between those two videos, I think it's... In the Salt Fork video, the figure that's pushing that tree is working a whole lot yes. harder than the figure in this British or UK video. Mm-hmm. You almost get the sense that whatever is pushing it is not expending a whole lot of energy, which is... And I think that's why the uh, the Salt Fork video has been sort of mm-hmm. outed, I guess, as or, or suspected as being fake, is because whatever figure is like mm-hmm. <laughs> shaking it, it takes its whole body to do that
0: now there is something else that my notes say that i remember now is that it leans the the creature leans which it kind of it moves its arm and then it kind of pushes in with its body which is very natural
1: makes a whole lot more sense
0: than just going "Uh, uh, uh," with the arm right he's like pushing it and whether it's using two arms or just one who knows but it's pretty cool regardless of if it's a creature or not that tree is moving really weird yeah it's it's plausible that
1: something unexplained got captured on that film as opposed to the next example Although... Which is the Indonesian waterfall video?
0: Um, something I paint... have to say. Oh, go ahead. Um, you you want to explain the video?
1: No, I wanted you to paint the picture okay. for us. That's all.
0: Picture yourself <laughs> in Indonesia, looking at a beautiful waterfall, <sighs> with the water falling down the waterfall.
1: Some cheesy soundtrack music begins <laughs> <Water>. to play.
0: <laughs> So is that what Indonesia sounds like? Or no, no, not at all. <laughs> but on um, um, the soundtrack that was on this video, if you follow the coast zone links, you'll know what we're talking about. And then the water's moving, and then within the waterfall, you see this creature move, swaying its arms, and go behind the stream of the waterfall. That's it. <laughs>
1: that's it.
0: Um, this.
1: About how far away would you say um the camera is from?
0: Pretty far away. Yeah. And it, the Bigfoot's holding a bucket. <laughs> Bigfoot with a bucket. That's what I call this video. Um, something else is there's a face in the rock, if you look hard enough. Oh, my. It's kind of doing a Popeye face. <laughs> I don't think this is Bigfoot. There's no... If they're hoaxing it, it's... I don't think so. It but is, I don't know. I don't know. It is Bigfoot with a bucket. It's Bigfoot with a bucket. He carries around a bucket because this waterfall is... Just, favorite water in the world. What, he, well, well would it be the deck It's
1: spring-fed um, <laughs> Indonesian water. I mean, fe- who yeah. wouldn't who wouldn't want to take a bucket?
0: That is <laughs> his I mean, vacation. things to do. Yeah. Wouldn't it be the Orangpin deck? Or is that that's somewhere else? I don't, ah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's an orangutan with a bucket. It's a it's, bipedal orangutan. Yeah,
1: I don't think it's uh, anything but...
0: And the arms don't seem that long, and it's all this kind of... Right orange-ish, but could be wearing a hoodie in Indonesia. Um, Alright. <laughs> dro- that was quick. Uh, drone? <laughs> this drone footage? Uh, okay. Yes. Um, First of all, this is a hoax. This was proven <gasps> to be a... What? What? Even the part where the sign? No. But um, this is a hoax and it's pretty hoaxy to begin with for me. Not just the soundtrack music and everything, but the fact that from being around Drones with film crews, such as Small Town Monsters. You never, unless you're watching it on a device, you never quite know what you're getting. And so the fact that it does a spin out of nowhere and then starts tracking this figure, um, Lord of the Rings camera style, should be playing the dun 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 while it's following it, and. So, just from the start, for me, it's hokey, and then pretty much from the second you see it, you're like, oh, and then you go, oh, and then kind of the, you know, the extended version where it's like a hoax, to be honest, that's kind of funny, but I wasn't part of this whole, oh, it's real, and the person posting the update and it being fake, but it's kind of funny that they do that, because I don't, how far did the original clip go? Do you know? I think
1: the the figure in the video, you see it get somewhat close to that grove of trees, and then it just stops.
0: Mm-hmm. So it does those, just from the second, you see it, like, walking. It's, like, doing this shoulder thing almost, and kind of, it's weird. It's... Well, he's
1: doing that weird loping run, mm-hmm. and from a distance, it looks, it just looks weird. Mm-hmm. The closer you get, You're it's, like, it's a guy in a suit. clearly a guy in a suit doing a goofy loping run.
0: Yeah. Now, ev- people in Idaho find something to do. <laughs> okay, if you're listening to this the filmmaker find something to do. It's good. Make these videos and claim they're fake and have a Bigfoot web series or something. Just admit it's fake from the start. It's kind of funny though. That's I yeah. we laughed when we saw it. We
1: did laugh. It is somewhat amusing and yet I think, you know, the sign Bigfoot comma really I'm not, you know, I have no idea what point the hoaxer was trying to drive home but it it um i mean it it comments a lot about the whole hoaxing uh phenomena in bigfootery and uh if if the point was to demonstrate that uh bigfoot hopers are a gullible lot i don't know that anyone necessarily felt before the hoax was revealed that this was conclusive proof I mean, it was, again, one thing in common with each of these videos is that they're, maybe the exception would be the Russian dash cam, but even that, you're far enough away that there's no clear sense of what this thing is to begin with. Um, sadly, you know, it got 600,000 views, I believe, mm-hmm. Ga- you know, was shared many times over on social media and uh, was revealed to be a prank. And I think the Bigfoot community and researchers have, by and large, come to accept that fun is going to be thrown their way. You know, people are going to poke fun at them. But at a certain point, it just becomes old. And uh, I think we, in some of the, the TV news clips that we watched In preparation for this episode, Mm. we certainly got the impression of what uh, mainstream media thinks of the Bigfoot subject. And so, I mean, on one hand, the Idaho video, you take it with a grain of salt and you kind of laugh it off. But it also reveals that there are still plenty of people out there who really think the entire subject of Bigfoot is a huge joke and not worthy of... Any type of thoughtful reflection, which doesn't go over too well uh, with, you know, folks like us. So, from there we can move into um, what?
0: Oh, are we going to move to NAWC? Yeah, take us there. No, you. Okay, I will. But um, the NAWC, the thing that's being with their attention getting this year, is they finally released a paper on what they have found, what they have discovered, what seems to be the patterns at which Bigfoots follow. And I thought that was very smart. And really, through watching the news clip, which was kind of a little hokey, like, they're looking for Bigfoot. But they never were like, we're Bigfoot experts. This is what they do. We've been out in the woods. I think one guy even said, we don't know. This is what's happened when we've done this, but we don't know what they do. And I thought the whole idea of leaving little trackers was very smart to do, especially where there's such undergrowth. You know, Bigfoot can't be that into everything if he's bearing you know, trail cams. But sure, he can't sense every little sensor. But I think it's very sounds very well done and I would enjoy reading what they have found.
1: Yeah, it was nice to see the North American Wood Ape Conservancy get that type of attention. And this particular news clip that we saw was fairly balanced. I agree with you there was a little bit maybe towards the end where you know you throw to the guy in the studio of mm-hmm. you know
0: they're looking asking, for Bigfoot. Yeah,
1: sort of a jokey thing. But, uh, yeah, and Brian Brown was on the clip, and uh, the Wachita Project was the monograph that they issued. Very, very thorough document. I did read a goodly portion of it, and some of the conclusions that they come to or the evidence that is shared are, of course, things like wood knocks. uh, Sort of the distressing... um, distressing a rock rain is something that they described with the sort of corrugated steel uh she, um not sheds but um cabins that they stay in and how there's a consistent you know throwing of rocks in their direction which is uh evidently a very primate type of behavior and there's also suggested tool use that is in that monograph of like walnuts or other nuts that had been deliberately opened using a couple different stones, using leverage and and so forth. And um, so a lot of serious research being done uh, by the NAWAC and that uh, made the news this year, like Andy said, because of the release of that document. It's
0: good to see serious research being publicized, such like that. I'm glad they're doing smart research. And then... And with that, admitting they don't know quite what's going on. But then going, this is what we found. and I'm glad to see that's taking place and getting in the news.
1: Speaking of which, another very serious report that made the news in the past year is uh, the, the work of a professor named Mitchell Townsend. And his presentation and the thing that has convinced him of the reality of Bigfoot is his discovery of uh, bone stacks in the area of Mount St. Helens along with footprints in the uh, 16-inch range. And the conclusion that he's come to on the basis of not only the bone stacks but the fact that he's found bite marks in the bones themselves is that you're dealing with a creature. Whatever has been gnawing on these bones has a bite ratio that's two and a half times the normal human mouth extrapolating both that and the footprint size, the number that he keeps bringing up is 8 feet 8 inches. So an 8 foot 8 inch something is capturing animals to eat, it gnaws on their bones, it collects the bones in a certain way, and leaves human-like tracks that are 16 inches long. And so he has written a paper about that. He presented it at the uh, 67th or 69th, I can't read my own writing, the 69th Annual Anthropology Research Conference in Tacoma, Washington. And his paper is available in total online. Um, It's a shared file, and you can get that link through the Coast to Coast AM website and their report on this. Your thoughts on uh, the Mount St. Helens discoveries?
0: Now, the thing here that really makes me happy is that this is not just a footprint find. This is not just some weird bones found. This is footprints around an area where bones are found. This is two strong pieces of evidence together. Not separate, but together. I mean, the bones alone, who has a bite ratio that large? I don't think a bear is human enough to have bite marks like that. I don't think there's anything that large. I don't know what else would be that large. I don't think...
1: Yeah, and Chewbacca's
0: the, running around with... Right. And,
1: and the paper gets into all of the minutia of mm-hmm. how the the way that it's gnawed on, the way that the tooth bites into the bone, mm-hmm. it rules out other mammals... Like bears, like coyotes. It's not how they they use it. So it's really it's extremely intriguing and for whatever reason this seems to have gotten a lot less play in the media than you might imagine. That may be partially because it is a scientific paper. And to just flip through the pages, it's a lot of uh a lot of graphics, some charts a lot of academic language, which is not immediately accessible to a lot of readers today. So it what I'm trying to say is that it's more, from a, a mainstream perspective, it's more boring. It's not, you know, Bigfoot bashing into somebody's cabin or something. It's a more sober study. And maybe that's why it's been buried or ignored. But it's out there. And I would really recommend that you, you know, search out the work of Mitchell Townsend because it's it's pretty compelling stuff.
0: New Mexico?
1: Oh, okay. yes. Now, this is interesting. It gets us into a okay. whole different territory almost where it's not so much about Bigfoot and it's more about uh, ethics and
0: moral decisions. It's kind of, okay. So the story is a Bigfoot professor, no, a... Professor at U it would be un yeah, I can't talk. University of New Mexico went on a Bigfoot investigation with the university's money. Now to people who are just hearing that they go, whoa, oh he got permission and everything. He didn't quite get permission. <laughs> the I think they interviewed the head of the university on the news report, and he was like, I haven't heard about this till you called me. And whether that's true or not, really, who knows? Except him. But, um, it's kind of weird. And the news report makes me angry, to be quite honest. It's like, he's looking for Bigfoot. If you don't know about Bigfoot, it's like the Loch Ness monster and unicorns. And by right. then, i just red. Yeah. Wanting to punch the TV—that's yeah, how it begins, right? Yeah, it's like a professor at university, and he's been stealing your money, and it's like, yeah, it's come one on. of these
1: like I-team, hard-hitting <laughs> yeah, it investigative it reporter is. type and it's guys.
0: Funny that it's on. To be honest, it's hilarious that it's on Bigfoot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we should get some good news publications, but it's like. The I Team investigation yeah. of the money-stealing professor <laughs> looking into Bigfoot. Right, and then and there's lo- this guy. Are oh, you going to oh, yes. talk okay. about so that? So this guy, I'm sorry if you're listening. That guy who was on the report. I'm sorry, but he's like, I can't believe he's looking up at Bigfoot. That's like if he looked up at leprechauns. Looked at leprechauns using the state's money, and it's like leprechauns. And he won't let it go. He won't leave I mean, it He <laughs> brings it up like five times. Like, He's looking for Bigfoot tracks. The, uh, he might as well be finding the gold at the end of the rainbow. It's like, <laughs> I just, I want to go. Why are you thinking? And it's a, it's a professor too. It's not like it's your skeptic guy who is on the news report, but it's, it's a professor who I would think would be like, you know, maybe these woods, I've been out in these woods. They're, there's a lot of places where he might be alive. He's like, well, I think he's looking for leprechaun. It's like, yeah. no. No, yeah. and he doesn't talk like that, but it's he what does. it sounds like in my head.
1: Yeah, I understand. Yeah, this is a really interesting story because it brings up, obviously, other things besides the, the potential reality of Bigfoot. Um, the professor in question, who is also the director, I think, of the Gallup campus of the University mm-hmm. of New Mexico... So he's high about as high of a position in that uh, particular plant of the university as you can get, and you know evidently we're talking about approximately seven thousand dollars in <laughs> big and I love this I do love this the phrase that was used in the report was seven thousand dollars in bigfoot related expenses <laughs> and
0: um, <laughs> mr you know, Bigfoot's Harry. <laughs>
1: He, he, You know, he likes top of the line yeah. type stuff. But, you know, it begs the question, uh, you know, ethical questions that are fairly obvious. You know, he didn't declare to anyone that he was doing this um, in the, you know, he's obviously put on the spot because he's directly interviewed in this report. But- and, and he, you know, he comes across as, I don't know, I, it's hard to, to really get a read on him. I, I think he is related to many of the First Nations people Mm -hmm. who live in that area. And one of the people that he uh, worked with, sort of called a consultant or a helper of his, was First Nations. And um, I can imagine this particular professor maybe thinking that it's a good idea to help them by getting them involved in this search. I'm not trying to excuse... Mm -hmm his use of taxpayer money and not being upfront about this. But um, I'm just trying to understand why he might have gotten into this mess. Uh, he did in February of 2016, which is sort of why this is a story for this year. He hosted a, a Bigfoot conference at the school, part of which makes... And that just that mm-hmm. fact alone makes me say to the University of New Mexico president that was featured Mm -hmm. on, how, you know, you really didn't know that he had an interest in Bigfoot, even though they hosted a super Mm -hmm. successful Bigfoot conference at that. I mean, you have to publicize Mm -hmm. those sort of things and get the word out. So I don't know.
0: And the thing it says in there is that it's the most successful thing that has happened at that Gallup campus ever, And you didn't know about his interest in Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. So something else it brings up is that Jeff Meldrum was there, the self-pronounced Bigfoot expert.
1: Yeah. see,
0: I've heard Jeff Meldrum talk. He's not that way. He's a, here's the facts. Here's a little bit of my opinion. That's it. And then it's like, they gave him this money for going there and expenses. It's like, oh, bad graphics and sound effects. Yeah, it's right. And see,
1: that brings up... I'm glad you said that because that brings up what I think is probably my deepest thought on this particular story, which is no matter how you slice it, Bigfoot research costs money.
0: Like any research.
1: Like any research, like any hobby, like anything you're interested in.
0: Like anything,
1: period. Right. It costs money to do that and nobody anywhere that I'm aware of is getting paid in a full-time sort of way with the possible exception now of like the finding Bigfoot cast. But nobody's getting paid full-time to go look for Bigfoot. So you have to find income streams Mm -hmm. in order to pursue these type of things. And again, that's not to excuse what this particular New Mexico professor has done, but it is to say that This is a subject that if you have interest in it and you're especially interested in collecting data, then you're going to have to figure out a way to pay for it. And that's why, you know, you have some of these organizations at conferences and so forth and they're selling hats and t-shirts and buttons and stuff Mm -hmm. and bumper stickers and people kind of get on them for doing that.
0: But they've got to find a way to raise money it costs to, to go to that conference it costs yeah. for the table you need to at least pay off the trip mm-hmm. so it's something people don't mm-hmm. ever
1: want to talk about it seems like and it but it's there and having lived mm-hmm. on the side of it that you and I have we realize that if you want to bring in someone not a quote unquote expert but somebody who knows what they're talking about well they're going to have to get here mm-hmm. They're going to have to need a place to stay. They want to eat while they're here. All those things cost money. So to say, you know, that, oh, mm-hmm. he received this stipend for coming here. Well, yeah. You any pay speaker for coming. would come.
0: Yeah, it's not. This is kind of a weird example. But if you went to a craft show and there's a group and they're selling their little craft, you're not going, oh, why'd they come here and sell their crafts? Because it's a craft show. They come and sell Things And if you have a speaker who's the greatest inventor of the modern fabric, you pay them to come. You don't go, oh, it's just what I love. I'll just come and travel a thousand miles for free. You don't even have to pay my hotel. Yeah. I'll but give the, my stuff away for yeah, free once here you in go. there. <laughs> but to be honest, what this, what this guy did, was it good? No, it was not good. You should ask for permission. You should maybe go and get a grant. Maybe if you try to, you know, go out and go, hey, I'd like to do this research. You have this money, could I have some of it? Go through the normal channels as opposed to going. Oh, I'm in charge of this campus. I'm gonna go out and use a little bit of the money. It's kind of yeah. unclear how he acquired the money from the college from the people. Yeah. But
1: well, and the bottom line is, it's shady. It's shady. And it's shady. that shadiness then creates the opportunity for the Bigfoot subject to be totally thrown under the bus by this I-team reporter or whatever he had a his big, name is. Did
0: He had big facial hair, <laughs> yeah. or am I imagine, uh, yeah. like a big mustache. And so, you know, that
1: that's obviously not a positive. And uh, like you said, is what he did good? No. Especially because if he's working with First Nations people, there seems to be ways that he could totally position this research as folklore study or something, Mm -hmm. you know. And, and in fact, maybe that happened, Mm -hmm. and we're not getting the whole story. I'm willing to kind of leave that open-ended. So the last story from 2016 is really sort of a cute one, I think. I
0: think it's awesome.
1: It's um, Raymer, Minnesota. This is from March of the past year. Uh, They have designated themselves as
0: the home of Bigfoot. And this is causing controversy. Why? Because people don't like Bigfoot. Here's what I have to say to Raymer. Raymer, keep up the good work. You're doing what needs to be done, really, to just go, up oh, where the home of Bigfoot. Yeah, that's how it is. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't really have people come and go, oh, no. They went through the right channels. It wasn't like some person put up a graffiti sign, home right. of Bigfoot. It's like the Chamber of Commerce. Yes. Which the whole town sounds like the whole town's the Chamber of Commerce because it's only like three hundred some people, four hundred fifty yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so half the town is Chamber of Commerce, but it's they did officially let right. them do it. What's the big deal? It's makes me happy that something like that is happening, like with. What Point Pleasant does? They have a fair, so... Well, a festival, but still. Do do that. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. Haters are going to hate. Come on. <laughs> Just let them hate.
1: Let them hate. Well, I, after that, I have nothing to say <laughs> except thumbs up, Raymer. Yeah. You get our vote. Yeah. yeah. If you make a t-shirt, we'll wear it. Mm-hmm. All right. That is the the year in review... And a lot of cool stuff happened. Uh, I I hope you enjoyed that walk down memory lane. We are going to next go to the Bigfoot bookshelf. And Andy selected this week's title. Uh, Let us know about this particular volume, please.
0: This book is called Tales of the Cryptids. It is investigated by Hall, Spears, and Young. And this is pretty much the book that got me into cryptozoology. Um, it is... I feel like I'm on Reading Rainbow. We <laughs> all It's a very good investigation of what cryptozoology really is. It's not all Bigfoot, Yeti, Loch Ness Monster. It's this creature, this real creature, it's science except as being real, that was extinct 500 years ago that... 200 years ago, popped up again in this one animal. And it's really cool because it has a bunch of really good illustrations that I remember, like I'll be looking through this book and go, yep, I remember looking at that. Because we got this book from the Perry Public Library. I don't remember the first time. But it would be the book where I would check it out, return it, a week or two later, what seemed like a week or two later, Go back, find the crypto section, find the book, check it out again. Um, and it's kind of cool because my copy of it is a library-bound copy. So I I'll always have library-bound copies. And the same authors did a Bigfoot book. I forget what it's called. Do you know what it's called? I think it's just Sasquatch. It's, yeah, it's something Sasquatch. And mm-hmm. that's a also very good book. I wish they would go into more cryptids. Um, in the back, there is something kind of cool that I remember looking at. Is a bunch of different cryptids and then a little description about them, and then they have this like rating system that's almost like hoax that they know is hoax, unlikely, sort of, probably real, real. And I just remember reading those and being like, what's that illustration of? And they're like, you know, moving my finger and going, D-d-d-d-d. yeah, I love this book, and it has. Like picture yourself stories almost in it. Like you're walking home from a friend's house and you hear this, you're going to make a shortcut. And it's, I remember you reading that to me. And it's, it's a classic in my mind. It's the book that can probably go back to the most. And that's why I'm into all this cryptozoological stuff.
1: If I had this book when I was your age or when you first got your hands on it, I think I would have cried just because it was so good. And one thing when I was paging through, uh, just to get reacquainted with the book for today, was this um, theory that is put forth about the Loch Ness monster. And I, I, I haven't heard this anywhere else. I love stuff like that. And it's the whole idea of the fact, you know, the theory that the Loch Ness monster could be an elephant swimming in the Loch, which sounds like okay. That's just That's like a kindergartner explaining, (laughs) I think the Loch Ness Monster (laughs) is an elephant. But here's the thing. It says, according to a paleontologist at Glasgow University's Hunterian Museum, traveling circuses were popular in Scotland during the 1930s. Dr. Neil Clark's research suggests... Circus workers let their elephants swim in Loch Ness to help them relax and exercise between shows. Because most of the sightings in 1933 and after described the creature as gray with a long neck and humped back, Clark feels it is very likely that the onlookers simply saw a bathing elephant. I say, that's so cool. I mean,
0: And as a cool illustration of it, yeah, too. it
1: does. It does. And the way that it's drawn, it makes you say, you know what? That's as good of an explanation as anything else. And it's just that sort of sort of novel, new information that I think makes this book so good. And it talks to the right people. Uh, Lauren Coleman gets a two-page interview in it and uh, other people who are, are well-versed in this subject as well. But There's like,
0: really a really young picture of Jeff Melger in it. Yeah.
1: Like you said, it's an, it's an introduction to cryptozoology, but real cryptozoology. Mm-hmm. I mean, it includes actual animals in it that have been discovered, yeah, it's just really, it's so well done. And the thing that makes it from a gr- a really good book to an outstanding book is the illustrations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Spears is the artist who did the majority of the drawings in the book. And just his expressiveness, and there's that one picture. I don't know if you are thinking of this one when you were talking about seeing pictures, but it's like, it's a color picture, and it gives the impression that you're sitting around a campfire, and Bigfoot sort of has his hand raised... Like he's sort of shading himself from the firelight.
0: That's just such a neat picture. Mm-hmm.
1: And that this book is crammed full of those. So
0: So if you're just into Bigfoot and you're like, I've been wanting to get more into cryptozoology, but I really don't want to read a big long book that may be you know, sorry for an introduction, but might be a little much over my head, pick up this book. It's a children's book, but Like, on the track of Bigfoot, we need simple explanations sometimes. So this book is perfect. I don't know why I'm holding it like this, but I'm holding it like I'm on the camera of reading Rainbow. (laughs) Um, This book is great. You need anyone who's like, well, I've seen that book before. If you can get your hands on this book, read it. Give us the title
1: and the authors one more time.
0: The title, again, is Tales of the Cryptids, and the authors are... Yeah, authors are... Halls, Spears, and Young. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's... Young is... Okay, yeah.
1: Halls, Spear, and Young. Spears yes. and Young.
0: Okay. This is probably top five crypto books for me.
1: Awesome. It's great. It is a great book. That about does it for us. I think we better uh, move on to other things today. But thank you very much for listening. If you would like to in contact with us at the program you can write us at saswatmail at gmail.com like andy said before visit us at our facebook page we're also on twitter at saswatshow show and uh any final thoughts on 2016 in the world of bigfoot
0: i think there was some very inconclusive things, but like with the bones, there are some things that maybe in a year or two, or maybe this year, we'll be hearing of again, and we'll maybe raise some new questions.
1: So, for Seth Breedlove and the Small Town Monsters crew, for all those who are on the track of Bigfoot, this is Mark and Andy Matsky. Keep sharing your cryptid tales of things that may or may not exist.